Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444, that's the phone number. It is time to hear from you with your voicemails. Questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind. So yesterday we had our old friend Mike on, as we do every Tuesday, Micah Beckwith, and we had asked him, uh, what are you running for? Are you going to run for Congress or are you going to run for lieutenant governor? I really like the idea of him running for lieutenant governor Mm -hmm. so that he can make whoever the governor is kind of miserable and hold them accountable. I like that because a lot of people don't even know you don't have to vote for them in the primary as a ticket, right? The governor's voted on a primary. The lieutenant governor's voted on a convention. And given the atrocious behavior of the governor the past six years, coupled with a lieutenant governor, Silent Suzanne, mm-hmm. who's now running for governor. She was appointed, right? Uh, yes, Holcomb picked her. Yeah. And then and then he took her off the signs in 2020, and she didn't say anything about that either. You can One thing you can count on with Suzanne Crouch is no matter how much crap you pull or how terrible you treat her or how terrible you treat the state, she will never say a word about it. That is one thing you can count on with silent Suzanne Crouch. But it really has underscored the importance of whoever the governor is having a check and balance on that person. And I actually really like the idea of Micah potentially saying, I'm going to run separate of the governor mm-hmm. at for lieutenant governor. And mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of areas maybe we agree on, but at least there will be someone in a position of power who can hold whoever the governor is accountable. And if whoever the governor is is actually worth a damn, they should want that and embrace that. So Micah would have to run in a primary. We then, run a that. convention. Okay. Like, uh, you know, Diego, Diego. did or okay. Rokita or whoever. The senator and governor statewide offices are voted on in a primary if you get on the ballot. Because, of course, only the rich and powerful and connected can get the signatures. Unless, of course, you're Todd Young, who didn't get the signatures, and then he got on the ballot anyway. But uh, everything else, statewide offices, treasurer, et cetera, voted on at convention. So we're going to put it in the hands of the delegates. Do you want to check and balance on whoever this governor is? Because we all know none of these people can actually be trusted. Or do you want to just let the hand-picked person of whoever the governor is just be another silent Suzanne and do nothing? I kind of like that. Somebody called in uh, with their thoughts. All right. Well, people are probably burnt out by Balloon Gate. So let's talk about Mike, uh, since it's Rob's good buddy, and I'm sure it will get to him. Washington's pretty much a lost cause. And even people who have gone to Washington uh, with every good intent, once they got there, they realized that they're one of many and they can't do anything. So I think Micah's best ability to serve the people of Indiana would be his lieutenant governor. Heck, I think it would actually be his governor. But uh, uh, obviously, he probably can't outspend Mike Braun in that arena. So uh, let's make a push for Micah for lieutenant governor of Indiana. Okay, so he has to go to the convention then and win over all those delegates. Yes, that's correct. Okay. But it'd be great show content for us, regardless, whether mm-hmm. he wins or loses. Well, he and, you know, that's he, why we're here. He said that he would announce it here on this show. Yes, absolutely. We're going to hold him to that. And why wouldn't you? And I asked him who he would want to work with the most. Yeah. He, he didn't answer that. 
He well, didn't. He, he just said, whoever it is, I, I want to hold them accountable. Yeah, and I think that should be the goal. Yeah. I mean, look, look, Suzanne Crouch has proven that when you have a big government maniac who hates you as a free person and taxpayer, like Eric Holcomb has proven the past six years, think about if you had an actual freedom and liberty person in that position the past six years and how different our state might look if you had someone with a voice who was willing to use it on taxes Mm -hmm. or on uh, the lockdowns or can you imagine Micah if he had if Micah had been there instead of Suzanne when Holcomb had the Malik Muhammad VIP meet and greet Mm. I mean just so I think that's an incredibly enthralling idea and I I like it. Have you I'm heard? On board. Have you heard? I know you had your your own meet and greet with Eric Doden, yes. who is running for governor. Yes. He's one of the three. He's enacted none of my ideas so far. I, that's what I was going to ask you. You gave him some advice no, and said, "Try doing these things." And I, I was told curious. you, I told you that it would likely be ignored in the order in which it is received, mm-hmm. and that's because Doden has certain people who are affiliated with Todd Young running his campaign, and I. I'm not going to get into the details of what we talked about because it was an off-the-record conversation, Mm -hmm. but I came on here and said I gave him the blueprint to be governor, and if I had very little faith, he would choose to take it. Thus far, none of the ideas I gave him, which would resonate with every single person in this state, have been enacted or proposed or anything as part of the campaign, and everybody is their own free man and can choose to get zero percent of the vote or they can choose to win it's okay so them. we haven't seen any polling and it's it's still a ways off but right now we've got Doden, crouch and mike braun and then there's a new person who mike mentioned yesterday who's running who i still haven't seen anything about yet okay so four people yeah we maybe we, well maybe we don't know because again the republicans in indiana along with the democrats i mean they're in cahoots together on this have rigged the system so unless you are an infinitely wealthy person like Mike Braun, mm-hmm. or you are a silent yes stooge like Suzanne Crouch, or you're a little you're a, you're a wealthy person with business connections like Eric Doden, mm-hmm. it's very hard, if not impossible, to get on the ballot because of the cost required to have a staff to go get those signatures necessary to run for public office. So this fourth person, she may be. Uh, we'll have to find out. Well-intended, super conservative, whatever. Mm-hmm. But unless she's prepared to raise a million dollars or more, she's going to have a hard time getting on the ballot. So we have to assume at this point that Mike Braun is is going to be the lead. I would be floored if Mike Braun is not the Republican nominee for governor. Yeah. I would be floored. Okay. Um, and I told you, I want to like Braun because he's done a pretty nice job as a senator, but the votes Braun took, and by the way, if you're, well, I guess... Yeah, if you're silent Suzanne and you're not crushed, the problem is Suzanne supported all the stuff with Holcomb, so she can't really do that. The votes Braun took in the Indiana General Assembly voting for all those tax increases under Holcomb, including the gas tax, I just, if you're that either gullible or stupid or weak, how can I support that? Mm. Well, that was a while ago, too. I mean, he's changed, right? Has he? (laughs) Has he? (laughs) He's changed. Thanks, Mom. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, more calls. Uh, Tom from Brazil, big fan of the show, called in about the balloon. Hello, Mr. Rob and Miss Casey. Sure enjoy your show. Uh, learned a lot from it. I'm on the very edge of the listing area. And uh, down here in Brazil, my name's Tom. And I just want to tell you, I don't Usually don't get to hear you except on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays because I drive for a company. 
and I'm usually up in the Indianapolis area. I heard a little bit of your show today talking about the balloons, and I'd like to know why no reporter is asking the administration why we're using a $20 million aircraft and firing half a million dollar missiles to bring these things down. It's not like we're in a dogfight with them. It's not like we need speed. They're balloons. How come we're not using a little Cessna with with a, some kind of gun, machine gun, cheap machine gun mounted to it, and just come up, shoot through the, uh, the balloon, and let it float down? We could recover the whole thing that way, and... Uh, that way, maybe we can find out what it is instead of blowing the whole daggone thing up. Well, I think Tom's estimates on costs are a little off. I think the planes are a lot more expensive than what he cited. I think the missiles are a lot more expensive than what he cited. But I've the, heard I've heard half a million for the missiles. There's a single missile is only a half a million dollars. Yep, I've he- I've heard that. So well, I, they must have been built before Biden the, became president. I don't know about the plane, but anyway, go ahead. Well, regardless, the premise of his phone call, I think, is. Uh, something that a lot of people have concern with is Mm -hmm. the amount of money we're spending to take these things down, but then yet we also seem to claim, well, we have no idea what's in them. We can't retrieve them. We Mm -hmm. can't this. We can't that. And the answer to it probably is because it's not their money, so what do they care? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's when you think about it, in the big scheme of things, how much money we're sending over to Ukraine, Yeah, it's it's not a lot, comparatively. Uh, All right, somebody called in and had to raise a good point about property taxes. Hi, my name's Sharon. I'm 75 years old, and I've paid into property taxes for over 50 years. Never had a kid in school. Do I get all that money back or not? I doubt it. Love your show. Love you both. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, that's part of the big scam lie on property taxes the Republicans are using now when they talk about the government services, right? And Sharon probably used police and fire and Mm -hmm. many of those. But why do you pay... Like, I'm getting ready to have a a kid, hopefully here in the next five, six years, whatever it is, enter the public education system. (laughs) That's that's a warning, Brownsburg School System. uh, But, I mean, I have paid. I've been an adult for, how long have I been an adult for now? 21 years or whatever. I've paid that entire time. Mm -hmm. People like my dad have paid property taxes much longer than I've been out of school than in it, mm-hmm. why are you forced to pay? I mean, I understand the argument, police, fire, water, sewer, roads, whatever, mm-hmm. because everybody uses it, but why are you forced to pay for something that you don't use? She's talking about schooling. Well, aren't you contributing to a better society? Really? You think kids are coming out of the <laughs> public education system, Casey, uh, contributing to a better society? Some of them are. Uh-huh. Right. That uh, depends on the parents. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Bingo, right there. That's the answer to everything. It depends on the parents. Yeah. Everything is not about the school. It's mm-hmm. about the parents. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we go, I wanted to get this the crazy guy called back. Oh, boy. And I'm... He's my new Gert. <laughs> we love you, Gert, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I love the eccentric folk, uh, Casey. You know what? There's a bit of a debate last night at my house. Uh He called yesterday and he said very complimentary things. And uh, did he call me a radio cougar or a radio guru? He said guru. Guru. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought he said, too. So this guy has been calling the last several days, and uh, I'm sure I'll get bored with him very soon. But for the meantime, I'm totally enthralled with this guy, and I control the uh, voicemail. So uh, here's more from the crazy guy. Okay. I was thinking about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, here we go again. It's not that I don't like him as a person. I do like him as a person. 
It's just so boring. <laughs> I feel like, what did he get, like $500 million for his music? That should be put into a fund where every time I hear a Springsteen song, a Beatles song, or an Elvis song, I get financially reimbursed <laughs> for that three or four minutes of my life. That's where that money should go. Right? Seems normal. So he even called out the Beatles. And too. Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently he's in the same camp as you. Three of the highest selling artists of all time, and that's where he's putting his line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope he calls back tomorrow. Keep it coming. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm starting to get kind of bored with him, but I'm not totally bored with him yet. So maybe he, one he, more he day. Have... Yesterday's call was really good. Yeah. He might have to step up his game a little it, bit, like but the, I like it. It's like the Ernest movies, right? Like there was a shelf life to those. Ernest Goes to Camp was great. Ernest Saves Christmas was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even Ernest Goes to Jail was pretty good. Were they? And, and then by the time <laughs> it was Ernest Saves Halloween or Ernest Scared Stupid or whatever that was called. He jumped the shark. It had run its course. So this guy, you are Ernest. You are at Ernest. You're teetering, Ernest, dude. Yeah, you're at Ernest Goes to Jail, so <laughs> better make it count. It's Kettle and Casey on 93 WIBC and Hammer's joining us next.